0: Hello, I'm Connor Sweetman and welcome to InsureTech Radio, the podcast that teaches you about how technology is transforming insurance and about the people making it happen. As usual, we're brought to you by InsureTech Ireland. Visit our website insuretechireland.org and while you're there, sign up to our newsletter, which we send out every week with three nuggets about the InsureTech ecosystem. This week, my guest is Robin Kira. Robin is probably one of the best known insurance experts globally. And if you follow him on social media, you'll know why. He's got over 80,000 followers and he reaches millions of viewers every month. We have a great conversation and you'll get some really good actionable tactics that you can put in place straight away. We talk about how to use technology to scale the effects Good salespeople and underwriters We talk about how to manage yourself and your teams In this new, remote, post-COVID world And then if you hang on to the end I ask Robin what he would do If he was made CEO of Major Insurer Robin, you're very welcome to InsureTech Radio How are you doing today? I'm fine, it's a beautiful summer day in Hamburg I thought maybe we might start with just The origins of Digital Scout You said it's a blog that blew up Can you tell me the moment when it blew up?
1: Yes, I actually can. It was an article by uh, Moritz Finkelborg a few years ago where he named me one of the influencers to follow in Germany. And at that point, I actually needed to look up what an influencer is and if it was an insult or something good. But it turned out to be something really, really good. And Moritz and I became friends uh, in the years to come. Uh, And that was one moment where I thought, well, I'm working hard on social media. We are putting content out. I'm giving talks. And that was a point where I see, oh, people actually listening to what, what I'm saying. And that was really exciting. And from that, things took off.
0: Let's have a chat about using modern technology to scale the effects of good salespeople. I was hoping we could also chat about how we could scale the effects of good underwriters, good brokers, good claims people. A lot of the personal skills that people bring to those roles, how can we scale those effects? Um, So I think that's something that people in the industry are very interested in. So what what are your initial thoughts?
1: My initial thought is that Sales, this is insurance sales, B2B sales, actually, all sales has a big problem, and that's bad timing. I cannot count the times when I called a client at the beginning of the year and then I called him back at the end of the year and said, Oh, Robin, nice that you're calling me again. I just bought a house and he explains what he did and how excited he is. I'm like, And why didn't you call me for the mortgage? you know, and now we're talking about a 50-buck policy, but I would have loved to have the 10K with you. And I think that's a big problem, bad timing. And I also know a lot of tech companies that want to sell software, for example, that, you know, are just not there. They're not known, they're not called, they're not there on the mind of the client. And what I always say, good salespeople, they need to do actually three things, I think. They need to first know the customer what does it mean you need to know the desires the needs and especially where their attention is where are they and what kind of content do they consume and the big difference is between what do they say where their attention is and where their attention truly is i cannot count the times where people say oh they read 50 books a year because they heard it you know either musk say or that they don't do it on talks i sometimes when i know the crowd is fun and culturally it does show that i, I show a logo of uh, you know a. Uh, adult sites and say who knows this logo and nobody says anything i say statistically 75 percent of this room were there yesterday but again it's not about to make people feel bad it's about to underline that what people tell you and what people do is different and when you want to be there where your client truly is it does not help always to listen what he says you need to watch what he does also good example a lot of people are buying insurance magazines or people say they have their insurance folder in order but they don't have it truly. And and that's the big difference. And that's why you need to be there where your client truly is. And um, yeah, we have, um, I think, three brackets uh, what you need to provide your client's knowledge about risk, about policies, about life, about helping them. And the second one is really helping them. Helping them with building up wells, securing, you know, achieving their goals and not just selling a product and also entertainment. And that people want to know what you did on your weekend, they want to know about your hobby. They want to know what you're doing, who you are, and also, so share share that with you. And the third thing after you know your customer, communicating, the third one is do it. I think attention hacking or the way you you know try to become on the radar of your client is actually part of your sales job. You know, um and we sometimes we do large scale projects and there are a lot of salespeople that do not want to do it out of various reasons. And I always say what would you do if you have a colleague that says I do not want to call the client. And everybody says, "Yeah, that's not a salesperson. You cannot work here." I said, "Exactly that. Attention hacking, producing content, being on the radar of your client—that's something that belongs to your sales job from 2020 on."
0: When I was um doing broker sales, one of my mantras was out of sight, out of mind. So, you know, I always wanted to see my biggest brokers at least once a week because, you know, you definitely have their attention when you're standing in front of them beside their desk. But if I'm understanding you correctly. No, that isn't always possible now. People's time is a bit more limited. So like, would you be saying that using the likes of Twitter, LinkedIn, to get in front of your clients while they're in the queue at a a restaurant, or in their homes, on their smartphones, is that the new broker visit?
1: Totally. When people tell me they have a problem in sales, they're unhappy with their results, I always say, how often do you talk to your client base? And a lot have 100, 1,000, 5,000 clients. And I say, you know, you need to talk to them daily. And then they look like me. Oh, Robin, you've been drinking already. I'm like, no, you know, I'm German, but it's already, you know, 8 a.m. But what I'm telling them is, and you need to talk to them daily. Of course, it doesn't mean you need to call them daily, visit them daily. That's impossible. 100, 500, 5,000 clients. It's impossible. But what you need to do, you need to be on their radar every day. And what does it mean? Technology, the channels you mentioned, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, these channels allow you to be on the radar. And it does not matter if you have one client or 5,000 clients. When you produce content for them, you're on the channel. The marginal cost is zero for the last one when you produce it in general. And what you do is you detach your sales activity from physical activity. So when you, okay, you need to produce one piece of content, a picture, an article, a text, something... But again, if you reach one person or 1,000 or 5,000, it does not matter. And that's not, that has no difference. And I think that's super and, and, and interesting. So you can reach way more contact points with your client without increasing your activity and as managers, without hiring new people. I always say people, when, when people say, okay, we have a team of 50 salespeople. I say, when you do this, the market will feel as if you are 500. And that's the mission. How can I make a salesperson feel as 10?
0: And I think that probably is it Even dis- has a disproportionate effect in insurance because no one does this stuff.
1: Not yet. A few are. Um, and um, a and few are beginning with that. Uh, and, uh, and the results are staggering.
0: Let's imagine that we're running a sales training course for this new type of underwriter or, or salesperson. And, uh, you know, it's a team of, say, five, ten people. They've all gathered in a hotel conference room for the day. What does the agenda for that training course look like?
1: That's a good one. The first one is that um, I would try to understand their business, their clients and everything. So really sit down. They should talk. How does their day look like? What do they concretely do? What are client stories? What are complaints? What are objections? What are losses? When did they lose a large client? When did they win a large client? And then we go a little bit into that because the overall strategies, how to be successful in sales, I think are the same in the last 10,000 years. Uh, but it's, you know, technology that adapted that. And the second thing, uh, what I would do um, after like an hour or two is really also share some stories from me, from clients. Maybe would get some clients on board that, you know, come with a Zoom call or something and share what the effect that had. Because if you can have an old salesperson, a young salesperson with definite age or cultural differences or, or backgrounds. But one thing all salespeople, all salespeople wake up in a workshop. When you show them how they can make more money, I mean, everybody is open to that. Not everybody, but a lot are. And then we would really go through a concrete plan. What would you need to do in the next 12 months to implement that? How would your daily, how would your week, your typical week look like? What would you need to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? And then you have a new client, then you have a prospect. Then we would set up sales funnels. Yo, what do you do on day zero, on day three, on day five, and combine digital and analog things? Maybe it can be when you visit a client or potential client the first time that you, you know, you write them a WhatsApp on the same day. You send them a mail on day three. You send them merchandise uh, swag on day five. You have another call on day seven and so on until he signs whatever you want to sign with him. Or when it is a broker you work with, you know, as a sales organization um, uh, to create X times of touch points. And I would set up a really concrete plan and I would do action, action on the same day. I actually had a workshop a few weeks ago with a very hard sales team, hard in the way that they did not believe in all of that, what I was saying. And then we did a selfie. The boss was outside. I said, let's do let's surprise your boss. Let's do selfie. It was like 10 salespeople in a room. And then uh, to, only two shared it because the rest was, oh, no, LinkedIn is private. I don't want to share and all of that. And only two people shared it. And I think they had like 2,000 views in one in two hours or something. I said, wow. if we would have sat down here for two hours, 10 people have sales calls, we would never, ever have reached 2,000 people. And that was the moment where the people began like, oh God, okay, maybe Robin is not That crazy.
0: was just a selfie.
1: It was just a selfie but hey, we are planning the next sales year. We're super excited. We love our clients, something like that.
0: <laughs> That's extraordinary. What's the next step? So you get those 2,000 <laughs> views. How do you convert even one of them?
1: Well, what you do with this outside communication is, again, to, I would to see two levels of content. One content is for existing clients and sales funnel. The other one is for getting new leads. That would be something for new leads, I would say. Um, and then you, if you do this for a long period of time, what happens is people start to call you uh, we do this in our B2B space uh, I just yesterday went from a uh, large uh, corporation uh, from South America and I've never had heard or heard of them uh, but they follow us they see our content they have a problem they see that we talk about this problem and said I need to talk to Robin and we're talking about significant uh, budgets and the same is happening to sales people in every field and um, when they're more known in their community in their region in their industry that at some point people start to call you and it's not only that they start to call you the whole sales processes differently. The sales process is when you suddenly then speak to these people, they speak with you as if they would know you very, very well, even though they don't. They start the point that you shorten the sales cycle. You accelerate the sales cycle because you have a different level of talking and you increase the sales funnel. Why? Because more people are are coming to you. But the secret is consistently you need to do this over a course of time. A lot of companies say, let's do one thing together. I say, yes, nice, we can do that, no doubt about it. But it doesn't help you in your core problem you need to do it consistently over time and the tipping point is after nine after six nine to twelve months and then the party is
0: on maybe we could transition into uh, managing remote teams and working remotely. And I just wonder then, so say in a scenario where no one is in the office or doing sales conferences for the next 18 months, what should they be taking selfies of? Because you see a lot of times on LinkedIn, it's like a picture of an empty conference room, but obviously there's no events on now. So what can people take photos of?
1: A lot of things. It can be, I mean, we have seen these selfies too from people with Zoom calls, Uh, people, uh, I saw companies sending uh, their employees swag baggages or even helping them with you know we pay your nanny or something so there are a lot of possibilities how you can generate media events the idea is a lot of companies are doing great things for their clients for their employees but they do not talk about it i say if you do something good think always about how can i turn this into a media event
0: so what, what is an? Like? can you give me an example of that
1: Yes. Yeah, so, for example, um, it could be I'm on the, we could do like five examples. One example is I'm a salesperson. I'm on the way to my first sales meeting uh, after, you know, the end of the world. I think the ideas, uh, what you can share are endless. It's always about a healthy combination between content that is really like, scientific about your field, then a little bit about your person and entertainment.
0: So, when you set up Digital Scout, as a completely remote team. What have you learned over the last couple of years for managing the team remotely, and how has that changed in the last couple of months, if at all?
1: Well, we have been always been a remote company. Why? Because at the beginning we had no money, and we needed to get the best people for you know no budget or for for, for limited ones. And we actually I financed digital, the setup of Digital Scouting for my employee job, and my wife was really happy about that. Um, <laughs> and, um, so how do we do it? Um, we have always been a remote uh, company and I have long term employees working for us for years from day one or from not from day one, but from, least from the very beginning, um, that I've never seen in person, I actually planned to visit them this year, but it wasn't possible because, uh, due to to Corona. So I will do it next year. But I think there are three things that I talk to your employees on a daily basis. I'm um, quite good at that uh, because you know we have you know like different WhatsApp groups and we are only 20 people so it's not you know it's not 20,000 the second thing is culture you know and the one magic moment was uh, when I let go a few years ago or two years ago I would say at the beginning of the scouting, I needed to decide that I cannot control everything i cannot check everything i need to trust the people and i have great people and they need to make the calls and i need just to trust them I, you know when i also like when when does something when does a person work and we have since we are a remote company we have certain it systems that take screenshots of the computer i do not look at these things i think once a year just out of curiosity but not i, I do we do not do that uh, and i think trust is something important but also having a mission for us, digital scouting, for us as, um, for me, but also for the families of our employees, it's the vehicle. It's an instrument to, for them and for me to reach their goals in their lives. So when they have a goal, they want to have a great life where they are. Everybody has a chance here and everybody, when the company does well, every employee does well. And especially when, when we are talking about locations uh, also outside the West. This can be significant. I have no problem to pay what a star surgeon gets paid in 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 the hospital for for a person that does a great job for for digital scouting. So it needs to. We have a clear vision. We have a mission for our employees, for our clients. We want always to overachieve for them. We want everyone that they become our advocates and refer us. It's crazy, which also happens. And third is the participation. When you, uh, when you have a clear mission, a clear vision, when you are, um, are daily talking to them, but also let them participate at the success of the company, I think that's super important. And this can be different for everybody. For some people, it's more uh, physical rewards, for others, it's more spiritual rewards. But I think that's important to let them participate in, um, in the success of the company.
0: I am going to rob a question of yours that you asked Mark McLaughlin from IBM. Yeah. That was a great question. So you have just been the, appointed the CEO of an uh, incumbent insurance company. I think the biggest insurer you can imagine. What does your first 90 days look like?
1: My first 90 days uh, look like uh, ruthlessly doing the right things. I think the first 90 days I would not waste in examining and analyzing. Um, I would do that actually before I do the job. Uh, I would really build up a great team. I would be ruthlessly in with my upper management, ruthlessly with my middle management. I would get outside leaders. I would uh, go actually to Google, Facebook, Amazon, IBM, sorry, IBM, uh, and try to poach their greatest talents and to really build up a world-class rockstar team. What you need also to do is to have a clear vision. If I'm the, the biggest insurer, I would say I do not only want to dominate the industry, I want to dominate the world. I want to kick off Apple and Google and Facebook from the throne. That would be just, you know, just to be bold. I would be very bold, but also do the work, you know. <laughs> so be bold, have a mission and vision, ruthlessly be with the team. Because when you hire and, and get great uh, uh, leaders, they always pull people with them. Uh, And that's also something I would expect, by the way, from them. Yeah. And then I would differentiate my resources into two categories. One, they need to really uh, optimize and run the current system, the current business model. And then I would invest heavily into uh, doing the right thing uh, to be there in five to 10 years where we want to be. And also think outside the box. I know that's a stupid buzzword I cannot hear anymore, but it's really like that. Uh, Where can we get additional, additional revenue streams from? And by the way, this is a big problem in the insurance industry. The insurance industry is a one-trick pony. Sorry, uh, we are selling insurances. Uh, we know uh, it's insane. It's super risky. And then they say, "Oh, Robin, we don't want to do risky things." I say, "What's riskier than having one product that is replaceable and that's digital and that's not physical? That's insane. We need to, you know, s- increase our re- uh, not only increase revenue, but we increase increase our revenue streams, especially when we know so much about clients that Google and Amazon not yet know." Um, and so that about three steps leaders culture, mission, vision, and then the two steps in operations and into strategy and preparing for success
0: of tomorrow. I love that. I think that's a great place to end. Robin, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn. And please visit our website, insuretechireland.org. See you next week.